Hi, this is Frank Schaefer. I have had the pleasure of talking to some of the leading authors, artists, activists, and change makers of our time on this podcast. And I want to personally thank you for subscribing, listening, and sharing 100 plus episodes over 100,000 times. We have a lot of work to do to heal our divisions and secure our democracy. And I look forward to more conversations with those important voices that will bring clarity to the situation we find ourselves in as we move toward November of 2024. If you appreciate these conversations and my cultural and political commentary, please subscribe to this podcast in conversation with Frank Schaefer on your favorite platform and to my substack, It Has to Be Said, which can be found at frankschaefer.substack.com. I'd really appreciate the help. Thank you. Hi, this is Frank Schaefer. In the 1970s and early 1980s, my family were instrumental in opposing Roe v. Wade and the legalization of abortion for American women. With Dr. Sievert Koop, who became Ronald Reagan's Surgeon General, we crisscrossed the country in the 70s and early 80s, trying to talk evangelical leaders into taking a position against legalized abortion. Interestingly enough, at that time, most evangelical leaders were pro-choice. People don't understand that today. And they did not want to get on board with what they regarded as a Roman Catholic issue. My father, Francis Schaefer, who died in 1984, had a big fight with those evangelical leaders like the Reverend Billy Graham. Dr. Criswell of the Southern Baptist Convention, who was president of the convention at the time, pastor of First Baptist Dallas in Dallas, Texas, over these issues. Fast forward to today when Roe v. Wade was reversed, and we have a very different situation. Abortion became the litmus test of the religious right. The religious right in Donald Trump had a candidate that was willing to go to bat for them by appointing justices to the Supreme Court and the federal bench elsewhere that would mirror the wishes of the Federalist Society and other right-wing groups with evangelical roots or conservative Roman Catholic roots. What we see today is not just a reversal of Roe v. Wade. What we see today is the establishment of a theocracy, replacing the idea of individual privacy in the United States, the long reach of evangelical Roman Catholic theology into the arena of politics in which there's no pretense even of a separation of church and state. We can see that in another recent ruling that said it was okay for religious schools in the state of Maine to receive vouchers, federally and state-funded vouchers for education. We see it in the rulings during the COVID epidemic when the Supreme Court exempted religious institutions from ordinary public health issues, such as wearing masks or not meeting during a time when other public meetings were banned. And now we see it in the striking down of a woman's right to choose. And of course, what will follow is more items on the theocratic agenda. Gay rights will be attacked wholesale. And after that, we will find that evangelical led or owned companies or Roman Catholic owned or led companies or schools were going to be able to deny women access to contraceptives. There will be a war made on the morning after pill, plan B and all these other things. Women will have miscarriages criminalized and will be pursued. And of course, the, the right will do nothing to help the people who are now stuck with unowned pregnancies and instead simply say, you are on your own. That is the legacy that my family was part of. 
That is the legacy that Jenny Thomas, for instance, bought into when she read my father's book, A Christian Manifesto, and said that that was the guiding principle that would direct her political life from then on, realized up until very recently when she was trying to rescind and roll back a fair federal election for the presidency on behalf of Donald Trump. And so what we see now is no longer a political debate. There is only one political party in the United States, and that is the Democratic Party. The Republicans are not a political party anymore. They are an, a religiously uh, motivated group of insurrectionists, not just in the sense of the January 6th attack on the Capitol, but across the board. And their philosophy is most clearly expressed this week by two rulings by the Supreme Court. One, put guns in the hand of everyone in New York State who wants one, concealed loaded firearms, rolling back that state's sensible provisions of trying to keep loaded firearms off the street. Two, take away a woman's right to choose. So what we see here is the right-wing agenda. Yes to violence and to guns and the right to cause bodily harm and death if someone feels threatened or not threatened, maybe just a road rage incident, something at the airport, the all too common things we see now of misbehavior on every level in this culture, put guns in, in our hands at an angry time in society, yes to guns, yes to violence, but no to privacy, no to women's rights, no to the choice to live one's life as one wants, yes to violence, no to women's rights. It's the starkest juxtaposition of two rulings one could imagine, almost to the point of irony. If I was writing a novel set in the present, a kind of a new handmaid's tale, I wouldn't put those two things together. I'd say, no, that could never happen. Nobody could be that stupid and or so full of hubris in a kind of an attitude of telling everyone to just go to hell and we don't care what it looks like to put those two rulings together back to back. Yes to guns, no to women's rights. Think about that. Since my family was involved in the ideological shaping of the far-right evangelical movement, I've spent the last 30 plus years trying to offer an alternative to their vision. And that alternative is one that used to be what we call democracy. And I just want to say this, the left is also paying a price for its stupidity. And I'll point to one example. Where was everybody during the Hillary Clinton run for president? A lot of people on the left were further left than she was, and therefore criticizing her and trying to find candidates that more closely represented their ideological mindset. People on the right, people like Cinema and others, staked out a position when, when Joe Biden was elected to the right of the president, making sure that they torpedoed his agenda. And what we have is a right-wing, evangelical-led, Roman Catholic-led movement bent on theocracy, taking away our rights, the right to privacy, put guns on the street, yes to violence, no to women's rights. And on the other side, we have a left wing so tied up in its own infighting, whether that's over correct pronouns or over candidates that were further to the left than Hillary Clinton or over ideological purity issues or what term to use to describe people from Latin America, on and on and on and on and on. And on the right, instead, you had the Federalist Society with a 50-year program that produced, in the end, Amy Coney Barrett and the other ideologues on the court who never lost sight of what they wanted. So on the right, we have people playing the long game very cleverly, very smartly, very intellectually, 
uh, empowered by think tanks and endless amounts of right-wing money. On the left, we have a group of people who are infighting to the point where at the very time we need Planned Parenthood and the ACLU and these other organizations, they are riven by their own internal battles where people who are inside those organizations are criticizing their leadership and gunning for them because they feel either slighted or marginalized or ignored as if somehow the most important thing is self-realization even within left-wing and democratic-oriented organizations that are now fighting for their life. And therein lies the sickness. So if you wanna blame someone, don't blame the evangelicals who had the long game and the perseverance to play it and to fight it out to the end. You can hate their ideology, but they have won today for a very simple reason. While the left played their own kind of internal infighting games, the right kept its eye on the ball. If there's any solution to Roe being rolled back and the other loss of privacy that we're going to see across the board, a new Jim Crow, which will be happening, elections rigged by state capitals across the country in red states to make sure Democrats can never win again, no matter how fairly the election is fought, because they will rig the system. They are rigging it now on the false basis of saying that, that the last election in 2020 was stolen the big lie that we all know. So I think the left and the Democrats have a choice now to either get serious and to play the long game with the same discipline and motivation that the right has shown or lose our democracy entirely and wake up in a few years from now in a theocracy in which gay rights are abolished, in which women's rights are further rolled back, in which gender parity in the workplace is attacked head on in which the idea of male hegemony over females and children is once again put back into the law where the right-wing view that women belong at home and not in careers is enforced in our culture in the same way that it is, for instance, in Iran today or in Afghanistan by the Taliban. You think that's far-fetched? Then you are mistaken because we are on the way to a theocracy in this country. The left has minutes to get its act together and to stop the infighting and the stupidity over ideological purity and instead decide what it wants and go after it. Thank you, my name is Frank Schaefer. In Conversation with Frank Schaefer is a production of the George Bailey Morality and Public Life Fellowship. It is produced by Ernie Gregg and hosted by Frank Schaefer, author of Fall in Love, Have Children, Stay Put, Save the Planet, Be Happy, a post-pandemic blueprint for rebalancing work and family in favor of love and living. To learn more and support the show, please visit lovechildrenplanet.com.